Well, me and with a Jesus. I can't say anything this week. I don't think I want to do that. I too will pass. Travel back in time to the eighties, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early eighties, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we welcome you to our epic 499th show. You know, it's just something to hold you over until we roll out Big 500. Well, we're waiting. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at anyone, anyone. That's right, clnsmedia.com. As always, we plead, we beg, we grovel. Please, if you love the show, share the links on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where we can be found at, at Stuck in the 80s. It's hard to remember, I know. Write it down if you need to. With us today, always ready to tackle whatever topic we choose to cover, it's Jen with one N. Hello. Is today is today the top 30 Pointer Sisters show? Did I get it right? Is oh, it, is that we, today? Did oh we did that one yesterday. We did that one yesterday. shoot. It's an evergreen. We're going to use that later <laughs> when really someone's is. out of town. <laughs> well, now we have the reader feedback what their favorite Pointer Sister songs were. Perfect. We just have to whittle it down to 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, we're going to catch back up with a show topic we did a few weeks ago, Two Hit Wonders. We did such a subpar job that our <laughs> listeners rebelled, and they sent us their own picks for Two Hit Wonders in the 80s. You know, before we get to that, Steve, what have you guys been up to the last week or so? <laughs> oh, you know, just dancing on stage with Sheila E. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. how, about, how about you guys? <laughs> Uh, I had a chat with the original MTV VJs. Nothing big. Mm. I talked on deck with uh, the keyboardist from The Fix about where to best buy a used piece of luggage to pack all of his extra things in. Brad wins. (laughs) That actually did happen. It was the weirdest conversation. I I believe you. He was going thrifting in Key West for for a duffel bag. So obviously we're back on shore after a week in the Caribbean on the 80s cruise, the 2019 voyage. Uh, we recorded two podcasts for you while we were on the ship, and you listened to those. But we just want to do kind of a real super, super quick recap, just some some highlights that maybe we didn't touch on during those two shows. Then I swear to God, we'll give you actual content. 
In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the... Anyone? Anyone? So, so Jen, what was your highlight? I mean, you've already hinted at it was uh, Miss Miss E. If yeah, we no, it that. was it was definitely that, and I, I spoke about it at length at the uh, during one of the podcasts. But I gotta say, I really, 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 really enjoyed the English Beat, and they've been coming to Portland, Maine, almost every year since I moved here eight years ago, and I've always tried to get there. I will go within 50 miles to go see them, and I'll bring all my friends because they are a great show. So, if and when they go on tour, everyone. Go see the English beat. You will not stop dancing. So fun. So that was that was a surprise highlight for me. You know what I was surprised about was Grandmaster Flash. We really didn't know what he was going to do on the ship. Like we knew he was going to be there. We assumed he'd be you know spinning some music, and he was. But the way he did it, and the way he had the crowd jumping, he did two sessions. I think we talked about one of them. He did another one on deck. And to me, that was one of the big surprises. Aside from the fact that we've already gushed endlessly about the other performances on the ship, because I still think this might have been the most diverse and the most talented and the most entertaining lineup we've seen in four years. But it was the little surprises, like the Grandmaster Flashes and the and the dancing on stage and the the celebrity encounters. I think that, that made the difference. For yeah. sure. Actually, Grandmaster Flash was on my flight home. So that was fun. Oh, really? Wow. So is he in your yeah, guest he room? Looked <laughs> he looked tired. He looked tired. He did. <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, I was so disappointed to miss the first Grandmaster Flash set because as, as careful listeners know, I was sick. Um, but the fact that we got to, you know, enjoy that up on deck on Pop Icon Night was just, this is amazing. It happened. Because that was one of the artists I was so looking forward to seeing and then I had missed it. So the other one I would say would be uh, seeing OMD. I really, you know, you go into these and you kind of have their bands. You have no real expectations. You're like, I like their songs. I don't really have a big, you know, I'm not really sure what to expect. They just were fantastic. And the, this person in front of us was clearly having the time of her life. And it like, that just <laughs> makes it so much better to watch somebody, to watch something like that and see someone having such a great time. And they sing a lot more songs than I knew. You know what I mean? Like uh, several times I was like, this was OMD. You know what I mean? Yeah, the catalog is realize. deceptively deep. Yes. Right. You, you mentioned Pop Icon Night, and I, I, that's one of the things I know we never covered on the show. Thursday night was Pop Icon Night, which is the big uh, theme night on the cruise every year. Everyone kind of goes all out with their costumes. And this was the first year that Jen, Brad, and myself got to judge it, at least the, the preliminary round. So we got to narrow it down to the 12 finalists. Oh, that, was so say, so that was so fun. So fun. And we took it very seriously. Like we were, we were debating for quite some time. I took notes. Yeah, we all took notes. Yeah, it was yeah, pages, a, it, we, we did not want to mess it up. Yeah. So ultimately, we ended up picking 12 finalists. Among them, the more notable ones, our, our friends uh, uh, Chris and Laura Sampson uh, were Wendy's and uh, the Where's the Beef Lady? Clara What's Peller. Her, what, Clara Peller. Our friend Brian was the Zoltar machine from Big. Oh, he was awesome. He was actually handing out real... Uh, fortunes, which was a yeah. really nice touch. Yeah. Augie and his wife, Heather, were from uh, characters from Big Trouble in Little China. Yep. They were finalists. And I get to award with them the Brad and Katie Williams Honorary Award for Best Use of E.L. Wire. <laughs> right. Uh, Steve, the Connecticut Ghostbuster, uh, broke ranks and actually came as... Uh, he and his wife came as as uh, members of Aliens, the, the Marines fighting on the planet. 
He had a real high tech. Steve's helmet. wife taught me how to say the last name, but I still am afraid to try. Yeah, it. I, we will butcher it. Brian Abrams, our good buddy Brian, he came as Dare Karmasar from the uh, after the fire video. He actually had a a, a authentic Russian police uniform. <laughs> that was pretty cool. So that was so funny. I think he scared some of the Ukrainians on the ship. And uh, Dean and Lisa Draper were dressed also as aliens, but Dean as the the monster himself, and that was just the Dino morph. Right. That was actually for Horror Night, but still. Oh my yeah. god! They get, they get that was a, so well done. They get he can use that pass. costume for the rest of his life. <laughs> yes, just... he can. He's one. He's the yeah. only one who's allowed to repurpose costumes. <laughs> yeah. He actually has that. That's part of the plan. You know, after talking to him, he's like, "I'm going to wear this to a Halloween costume contest and win big bucks to pay for well, what it costs to make it." <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh, I want to also mention Robin and Michael Legat, who dressed up as, who are always contenders, I, I feel. Um, they always bring their A-game, but they dressed up as Wheaties boxes. She as, um, help me out, the gymnast, she's very perky. Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton, and then he is Pete Rose, and it was like... Adorable. Ugh, it was so cool. There were like nutrition facts on the side. Uh, <laughs> trivia and crossword puzzles on the back. He even decorated the top, even though nobody saw the top. I mean, it was so detailed. It was really quite something. It, it was cool. There, so many of our friends were there, and we met so many of our longtime listeners. Shazam was there. You hear us mention his name every week. Uh, Buckeye Girl yep. and, and her twin sister, Andrea, or Andrea, as I call her. <laughs> Not Andrea. <laughs> Uh, so it was it was a real and I, so many names hard to hard to mention them all. Anyone any names pop up to you guys? Lucy and I had breakfast with um, Bob from Silicon Valley and his wife Michelle, and that was really fun. And we kept running into them nicest after that. People. Yeah, definitely just the nicest people. Excellent. I ran into Janet Knott at trivia a couple times. Cool, super sweet. Texas radio yeah. guy, he came in too. God, speaking of uh, trivia, tragedy struck on the final day of the trip. I lost my voice. That day, I woke up and my my throat was like swollen shut for some reason. I couldn't Ugh. speak for three quarters of the day, and so Brad and and Jen so so graciously took over trivia and just did an amazing job. And well, it's either that or just stay in Key West. So I figure I may as well get <laughs> yeah. back on the boat. I'm not sure you made the right decision, but still, I thank you nonetheless. Oh, it was awesome! And our our guests, Club Nouveau, they were so like game to play and to to, they were, to play yeah, around and play with us. Fun. It was great. I also met someone on the, the trip uh, and had a wonderful conversation one night on deck. I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to jinx things, but um, Spears he's feeling a whole lot of joy right now. So we'll see how things go. Is that why you were singing Olivia Newton John earlier? Yeah, it was why I was singing Olivia Newton John earlier. I'm not making so. that up. That was that's true. <laughs> Oh boy. Let's start the roller coaster that is Steve's personal life all over again. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it this time though. Nobody really thinks it will work, do they? No. You just described every great success story. Uh you guys ready for some real content now? If it's listener provided, I'm game. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> okay. do it. My brain isn't my brain is still not hundred percent, so we, we're gonna rely on the reader suggestions for two hit wonders. Uh back for episode four ninety six, we did a top five list of two hit wonders of the eighties. And I'll admit, maybe we shouldn't have ranked them. Maybe we should have just said this is part one of a series. <laughs> maybe Steve we Lesson should have made me mad that day. I'm convinced you were just trying to make me mad. I, I'm convinced that anything would have made you mad that day. You were just in a sour mood. 
You need more Olivia Newton-John in your life. Could you maybe tell me what that sounds like, Steve? (laughs) Suddenly, the wheels are in motion. Wow, you are in a good mood. (laughs) Holy smokes. I'm terrified. (laughs) I'm delighted. (laughs) Good. Anyway, so today we we were going to feature your picks, dear listeners, for Two Hit Wonders of the 80s. Uh, I'll get it started. I'll get the wheels in motion, as I would say. Uh, That's sickening, isn't it? Nobody wants a happy Spearsy. That's okay. We'll get used to him. (laughs) So Jeff Young gave us three suggestions for Two Hit Wonders. Uh, Madness, Slade, and Falco. Now, people would skin us alive for picking Madness, which did indeed only have two top 40 hits in the U.S. with Our House and It Must Be Love. But they had about 50, and I'm not kidding, about 50 top 40 hits in the U.K. So they are not going to make the list of two-hit wonders. Slade had two top 40 hits, Runaway and My Oh My. Runaway, I remember. My Oh My, not so much. But... The body of their best work was in the 70s, so I think calling them a two-hit wonder would be um, disingenuous. Justified. <laughs> well, that's for I think they're for another episode where we do covers of two-hit wonders. <laughs> you know, I think we already did that by bands that were predominantly famous. I mean, it'll yeah. be a very short podcast. I'm not saying it's yeah. going to be a good one. It's more of a pamphlet. <laughs> so. Uh, so ultimately, we, we're going to choose to honor Falco, uh, the late Falco, the Austrian singer, who did have two top 40 hits. Now, here's the interesting thing. Everyone remembers Rock Me Amadeus. Number one, baby. Um, but if I made you guess what the next best performing song of his catalog was, what would you, just without looking at the notes, which I've carefully provided, what song comes to mind? I've already mentioned it on this show. Yes, I would say Vienna Calling because it's the only other song I know. Really? You don't Falco. know Dracomissar? Isn't I thought that was not by him. No, the so AT, after Car- the fire is a cover. But uh, right, I'll, uh, let you, I'll let you take so that. Dear, dear Karmasar, it was a hit. Was a was a Falco song. It didn't chart all that well. Although it was on MTV constantly, it was the after the fire right. version. That was a huge hit. I see. And then you started yes. saying, like, Jen, oh, what's this weird German language version of Dracomissar? <laughs> yeah. So Jen is both right and wrong with this song, Vienna Calling. Jen, be honest. You don't like this song, do you? Uh, honestly, I do not like this song. But you know what's funny? It sounds a lot like Der Commissar. <laughs> I adore this song. This song is awesome. You do? Tell me why. I just It's just catchy. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. Now I'm going to say, you know, I'm falling back on the it's cool because I like it and I like it because it's cool. It's just, I just think it's a really fun song. Yeah. It's got good energy. I like it because it helps me with my conversational German. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I love how Falco's songs only have the choruses in English and then random words every once in a while. 
uh, Vianic Calling came off the album Falco 3, the same album as Rock Me Amadeus. And like Rock Me Amadeus, only the chorus is in English. So good pick, Jeff Young. We will, we yes, will, I'm going to try to like that song. I'm going to try to see what see what Brad sees, just, hear what just, Brad hears. Let me see if I can find a, the right kind of transition in and out of Vienna Calling. I think if it's, you know, maybe on its own, it's too much. But if you kind of work into it, maybe it makes more sense. It's on You're gonna 80s on 8 curate all the time. For me. I'm going to curate it into a playlist, yes. Much like Perfect. the playlist I provided you on the cruise, which no one's probably looked at yet. Who's next among our listeners with two hit wonder suggestions? Well, let us see here. Mr. Stony Stitt had a good one. So he suggested the band Level 42. Are you guys familiar with this British band? Of course. Uh, of course, when I saw this come in, yep. I just kicked myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a good choice, actually. So something about you reached number seven in 1985, but they had another song that charted in 1986, number 12, Lessons in Love. don't remember this song as well no no uh, these are both so good these hits are such they're both weren't they both top 20 yeah yeah easily well my theory is that they're both the same song <laughs> do you do you think that's right <laughs> i mean they if you played them side by side it, boy do they sound similar don't you think they have the I, same sound to them but i think you could say that of a lot of band songs yeah true I always confuse level 42 with Go West. Am I a bad man? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Fight, fight. <laughs> wow, two hit wonders shows really get me spun up. No kidding. No kidding. Well, I just want to throw in one fact, which is level 42 did have 25 songs that reached the top 40 in the UK. So, again, while they only had a couple hits here in the States, they had a ton of other songs evidently 25 other songs and they all sound just like these two no i have no idea but i would assume (laughs) it just proves though what i've always been saying is that english music fans are just better people than american music fans (laughs) you know i never heard you say that before but i think you're right i really do in all seriousness They're more hmm. like I don't know, maybe committed or willing to hear the ma- hear out their bands through the bitter end or something. Maybe the level forty two had better A and R payola support in the UK. Oh, that's just that's just maybe the cynic, label just didn't, maybe the label just didn't get behind them here. Suddenly, Brad is trying slander, and I no, don't I'm, just, I'm serious. I'm like, there's a reason songs get played on the radio, and it's not necessarily because a DJ likes them. No, it's that's a good point. Album, it's because the label is pushing the hell out of it. And Steve, you said earlier before the, we started recording that in the late 80s, there are a lot of sound-alike bands that are British bands. And I kind of agree with that. I, I think it's the you same know? in the US. I think that the sound in general in the, in the second half of the 80s is real homogenized. 
Mm. You, you don't have the bands. The, the bands that are charting, I should say this, there are plenty of amazing bands from the second half of the 80s, but they were not on the charts. You know, they were making their music and they were being heard on College Alternative and, and, yeah. and doing low, you know, regional tours and they had their hardcore fans. But the bands that dominated the charts in, in the second half of the 80s were producing like the same tired grooves over and over again. And I'm not saying that, that Level 42 is one of those bands because mm-hmm. I really do respect them. I, love, <laughs> I, I do enjoy their sound and I do really like Go West. But I'm just saying, <laughs> they're brothers. I, they're brothers in music. I was I was in college in the second half of the '80s, and I did not listen to FM radio because there wasn't anything on there I wanted to hear. So there you go. Try there that one for size. Brad, it's your turn <laughs> okay. to Moving anger on. '80s nation. Do it, okay. my friend. Seize okay. the day. So we got a comment after we posted this on Facebook from 80s cruiser Glenn Osborne, who suggested a couple of bands from Down Under, New Zealand's Crowded House, you had Can't Dream It's Over and Something So Strong. Yay! Somehow I couldn't quite bring myself to focus on them. They feel bigger than that, you know, with the whole Finn Brothers split ends shenanigans that's going on there. But the Australian band Ice House, <laughs> he nailed it. He nailed it. So we, we all remember the song Electric Blue, which was a number seven hit. Again, Spearsy doesn't because he don't listen to the radio in 1987, but it was a number seven hit. But how about this one? Crazy. Vaguely, I, I remember listening to this the other day as we were prepping for the show, and and mm-hmm. for the first thirty seconds of the song, I'm like, nope, never heard this song in my life. And then when it gets to the chorus, I'm like, okay, yeah, sort of. <laughs> All right, Steve remembers. Ice Just like House, it's Farm. It's more than a beer. Um, I'm pretty sure I had this CD. CD or tape? No, it was a CD. I'm CD. pretty sure I had this. Was uh, a man of color. It's not a bad album. Uh, it's got this, the stuff that charted off of it is the like kind of schmoopy soft stuff. There's some a little bit more actual guitar playing on some of the other tracks. You know what's weird? I when I heard this song, I didn't remember it. But then when I sat down and watched the video, I remembered the video. So I feel like it, this might have had been on like Friday night videos or something. Like the yeah. video is embedded in my brain. The song, not so much. That makes sense because I think that's true, Jen, that it got a little bit more rotation on the video playback areas of totally. our lives. Uh, but yeah. this hit number 14, both Crazy and Electric Blue are off that same album. So they made their album. They probably did some touring that year, appeared on some year-end shows in the Australia. And who knows what they're up to now? Not me. Because that yeah. would have required and- research and our <laughs> listeners didn't do it for me. Yeah. Brad, I just want to say I, I'm not used to... to- 
offering you kudos this late in any podcast episode, but I really do appreciate you not picking Crowded House as the two hit wonder. I, I've oh, seen them in murdered in our beds. They're fantastic. Their catalog yeah. it's it is criminal that yes. only two songs of theirs charted in the top forty in the U.S. because their catalog is so rich and so unbelievable. If you ever get a chance to see them perform, that is that is in my mind a must. Do they tour at all see. anymore? I saw them about uh, right before I left Tampa Bay for Orlando. So within the last ten years, I know oh, that okay. seems oh. like a, f- a long period of time, but f- at our advanced age, it's really not. It's a years. blink of an eye. It's nothing. So I have I have a couple of facts to share about this. Okay. One. Okay. So one, you know, the song uh, we we were we played crazy, but we were talking about Electric Blue. Did you know that? Um, John Oates co-wrote that song. I did not oh. know that. It's true. I see. I do research too, guys. I do. I do my homework. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to, to say was that the lead singer of Ice House has a crazy mullet. I mean, it's so <laughs> intense. Please, please watch the video for crazy, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, and, and actually, and Electric Blue too. That 80s. thing does not. Oh my gosh! It was like, it's it's impressive. It's impressive. Is that Iva Davies? Iva Davies. It's a great name for someone who's not an American. There's no way you get you can make it through elementary school with that name here in the U.S. Yeah, any last name you have after Iva, you're in trouble. This episode of Stuck in Ease is brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts, market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Stuck in the 80s a free stock like Apple, Board, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Just sign up at Stuck. Robinhood.com. <laughs> Suddenly, the Seggies are in motion. Na-na, Maybe na-na. if you could just pick a different part of that song, that would be pretty great. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a lovely song. You're, vo- you're in full voice, but maybe just a... Maybe just go on to the next part of that maybe song. You, maybe move just, over to your traditional. No one can it. stop you now. Enjoy it. Enjoy the giddy spearsiness. And also enjoy the, the Seggies. Hey, hey. Uh, I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is. Why is my voice going up? Wow, Steve's going oh through the God. changes. <laughs> it's been a week. Oh, uh, <laughs> we got something called listener mailbag. <laughs> People wrote us some emails, and you guys are my best friends. 
Oh shoot, uh, Jen, you're gonna have to take over because I think I'm losing my voice again. <laughs> it seems so. Okay, fine, I'll do it. So this is from Fred in Massachusetts. Fred writes, "Hi, gang. I felt compelled to send you this somewhat len- lengthy thank you letter for your help these past couple months. Oh, interesting. Allow me to explain." I spent the better part of 2018 hunting for a new job. Phone screenings led to in-person interviews, which led to second in-person interviews, which led to thanks, but no thanks. I kept at this for months until I landed what seemed like the perfect communications job in December. Uh One week into the job, I found out how wrong I was. At the center of my frustrations is my new boss, someone with too many problems to list here, but I'll try. Micromanaging, dismissive, condescending, hard to read, loves hearing their own voice, etc., etc. My frustrations built so much that every day after work, I want to reenact Ren McCormick's dancing warehouse sequence from Footloose. You know, when he pulls up in his rusted yellow beetle, blasts moving pictures never, and shimmies, catapults, and sweats his frustrations away. Oh, yes, I do remember that very well. Unfortunately, I don't know of any empty warehouses near me, and I am not that limber. What I have been doing instead to escape during my 45-minute commute home after a stressful day is diving into your podcast. The 80s are my happy place and have been since my teens. While my peers at the time were addicted to 90s alternative, I was hooked on my local radio station's Back to the 80s weekend, where I'd hear nothing but Loverboy, Berlin, Missing Persons, and you name it for two days. I've been stuck in the 80s ever since. I can't quite explain why I turn to your podcast after work each night since starting the job from hell. Maybe it gets my mind off things in a way that a mere song or book can't. Maybe it's the awesome themes. Maybe it's the way you guys and Jen with one N, I'm sorry, the shows are always better when she's on off, Fred. Have this nice bond that definitely comes across in each episode. Maybe it's the unexpected life advice I find buried in your episodes like the one where Debbie Foreman gives Steve great words of comfort. It's classic. I know I'm not dealing with a breakup, but her words even energized me. Whatever the reason I keep returning, I just want to say thanks for giving me something to smile about after a grueling eight-hour workday. Have there been any episodes dedicated to horrible bosses or suck jobs? If so, I'd love to hear them. Also curious to hear from 80s Nation about their horrible boss experiences. As for me, don't fret. I've already been giving some thought to an exit strategy. Everything happens for a reason, right? Thank you once again for keeping the 80s alive and brightening up my days. Fred from Massachusetts. That is so nice, except for the part where he's miserable. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I'm glad we can help you through that, but it would be better if you were just like enjoying it for funsies instead of thinking, gosh, I need to drive my beetle into a warehouse and expose myself to nasty tetanus germs. Although maybe just dancing isn't a terrible idea. I'm just saying for the stress, stress relief. Oh, oh yeah. Agreed. Right. To, to answer your question about episodes dedicated to horrible bosses or suck jobs, when I got laid off a little over a year ago, I guess, we started doing a seggy called Take This Job and Shove It. So if you start, if you go back to January of 2018 right. and you listen for a few months, you'll hear all the... All the suck job stories. Episode 441 is jobs in the 80s. That's the one you're looking for. That's that's probably where it gets kicked off. Yeah. Oh, Steve was full of, full of piss and vinegar back then. That was before his heart went 
suddenly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> it's awful, I know. I'm a horrible person and I will. I will swear I swear I'll go to bed right after the show's over. So I recall that we got some good feedback from the episode where Steve revealed that he did get a job. So that was a triumphant and hopeful episode. But um but I I, I am curious to hear from from people if they are I don't know. If they if they if they had horrible bosses in the eighties, I mean everybody worked at fast food or <laughs> grocery stores, right? I'm still I, I still like to hear those stories because I feel like I don't know. It might provide some hope to Fred from Massachusetts. We can bring back that seggy. We'll see what happens. Oh. Send in your stories for people. Take this job and shove it. The email address is podcast at sitas.com. the mystical refrain that is I want my mystery TV theme song marking the very first time I ever announced this seggy correctly the first time woohoo the amount of applause is staggering <laughs> I think Brad covered it <laughs> anyway we'll play a snippet of a TV theme song from the 80 no slow clap it sounds like you're smacking your ass monkey boy you wish. Uh, we'll play a snippet of a theme song from an 80s television series. That sounds so so formal, like I'm writing a legal brief. Anyway, if you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for some swag. Brad, do you have any leftover stuff from the cruise that we can give away? I do. I do have some leftover stuff. A few things. Okay, so few, you never uh, know bracelets. what you'll get. Yeah. Got some 500 show swag, some fun 500. The fake... The fake concert lighters that we had. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Well, oh, they're real, all right. <laughs> let's get the show started then. Uh, here was the clip from episode 495. Yep, that's the People's Court. Play the full song, Wienerhead. What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in a California municipal court. Both parties have agreed to dismiss their court cases and have their dispute settled here in our forum, the People's Court. Clearly no one was surprised by this. Uh, Brad, read some of the winners. Winners this week include Michael Mockrock Hayes, David Oxford, Joseph Perdue, Tim from Toadsuck, Jeff the X and Future Minnesotan, Cal in Atlanta, Mark Ram, Julie Houchin, Mike Z in Maryland, Russ from Newton, Chris living on the air in Cincinnati Adams, Nate Chops Johnson, Rock the Good Ag, Eric from Cincinnati, Jonathan Thompson, DJ and Clinton, Troy in Tulsa, and Stony Stitt, who's written half of the show and also writes, after his stint on the show, Judge Wapner spent many weekends as a wedding official marrying people. I was a bartender at several of those receptions. His drink of choice? Always an Arnold Palmer. Ah, oh, that's nice. So thoughtful. So, so it's like an Arnold Palmer. Hold the lemonade. Hold the iced tea. Add a shot of vodka. Oh. Throw in a cocktail onion. Oh God, you and your onions. Brad actually brought a, a container of cocktail onions on the cruise. What kind of twisted individual does that? Someone who likes cocktail onions. Yeah, I guess. And they didn't have any on the boat, so they I made didn't? the right decision. Yeah. Wow. Nope. I ordered a Gibson the first night, and the you know, and Milo, our guy, looked at me straight in the eye, knew right away what I asked for, and he said, "I don't have any cocktail onions." 
I'm like, you know what? Full marks for knowing what I was ordering because most people bring me a gimlet. And I'm like, there's way too much lime juice in this. Yeah. Was he the guy at, at uh, Cellar Masters? No, that was the guy at our dinner table. Gotcha. I don't know anybody's name. <laughs> or Samaleli. Yeah. Every night before dinner, we would gather at this one bar called Cellar Masters. It was right outside the dining room. Because and, all boats have a cellar. And all boats have a master. And it was a nice place because it was, it was rarely ever busy. There were board games. There was a giant version of Operation that you could play that used to scare the shit out of me every time someone couldn't properly pull the funny bone out of it. <laughs> and then there were these slinkies that they had attached to the lights in the room that hung down obnoxiously low. And kept growing lower. To make it fun. It was fun. It was a it was it was a fun place to have a drink each night before dinner, and we drinks we did enjoy yeah. many of. If you're allowed to have a local on a cruise ship, that was our local. That was our local. That was our cheers. Uh, in the meantime, spin the wheel. Let's find out who won the Swaggerino. Jen, you do the honors. Ooh. That just sounds like you're angry at us or something. No, I'm spinning. She pro- spinning that wheel. She probably is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People could only hear all the outtakes. And it looks like it's going to land on Troy and Tulsa. You are this week's winner. So email us your postal address. See how I've managed to responsibly do that now. It's so good to see you change and grow, Steve. <laughs> I've grown a lot this week. Well, today especially. And uh, we'll get you some swag in the mail. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in in a couple shows to find out if you're a winner and to find out what uh, Olivia Newton-John song I'm singing that week. Hopefully, it won't be the same one. Physical. Physical. (laughs) It won't be physical. It could be uh, (laughs) two of a kind. We'll find out. Um, uh, twist, strange twist of fate. Wait, what's that one called? Twist of fate. That's yeah, that's the one. Twist of fate from Two of a Kind. Yes. The, so anyway, it would be a strange twist of fate if I was still singing. Nothing, nothing off the Xanadu soundtrack. I love the Xanadu soundtrack. I, I don't want to, but I, I don't seventy nine. No, <laughs> no eighty. Oh, is it okay? I know these things. All right. Well, your trivia for the reason. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime. <laughs> Get ready, because our next episode will be Epic Show 500, featuring an interview with the MTV VJs live from aboard the 80s cruise. While we work on that, hang out with us, because we're here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. <laughs>